Hello everyone, this is another episode of Ronnie and Ramage Uncut, um, one of few uh, episodes we have left given the, the season is nearly at the end, but we're here today to talk about Watford 2, Reading 0. Let's get straight into it. Um, Gaz, this wasn't the Reading team we saw earlier in the season, uh, I was actually really impressed with this Reading team, uh, dynamic, good with the press, uh, attacked well, um, midfield made good use of their possession, um, that was a really, really difficult game. Yeah, I think um, I, I think it's important to kind of put this into context because obviously um, on our sort of like WhatsApp chat, uh, WhatsApp chat, uh, there was quite a bit of talk about Reading and, and how they were causing us problems. But at the same time, when it was an even playing, uh, even, even sort of like a, a playing field, they didn't cause us too many problems in the first 15 minutes. Um, so I think the fact that we went 2-0 up um, after 14 minutes Reading are then sort of like in a position where they're they're potentially slipping out of the playoffs. They've got no choice but but to come at us. Um, and I think at the end at the end of the day, um, they they did that quite well. Um, I think it exposed a couple of problems for us. Um, I, I can't really recall too many occasions this year where we had attacking midfielders constantly running at our back line. Um, so a little bit of um, you know. Uh, some little gaps sort of like creeping in from from either side of, of Will Hughes that, that left us a little bit exposed. But but certainly Elise when he got on the ball um and their right winger that his name uh, slips my mind now it just caused problems time and time again. Um and I think it's it's almost a good good test for us to have those kind of games because um in the Premier League this is something that you you're faced with on a on a weekly basis. So um yeah, I, I don't know what your thoughts were about this Elise lad, but um, he 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 really did impress me. Um, and I think I think we just, we just struggled to, to 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 get a hold of him most of the game. Tidy, tidy footballer. I'd be I'd be surprised if he's at Reading next season. Um, yeah, maybe there's an argument about end product. I, I I guess I haven't seen much of him this year. I I, I obviously know he's been getting good reviews, but tidy, tidy footballer. Um, I, I might be a bit harsh with end product to. Compare him to their right wing. You mentioned their uh, mate. I think Mate is how you pronounce his name. No end product whatsoever. Like he got round our back line a few times. He was causing problems, but cannot cross. Um, like, if he was able to cross like uh, like Saar or like Messina could or something, then we'd have been in real trouble. Um, so I think you put the cross in for uh, the effort that hit the post uh, when he had in the first half. But they should have scored. Let's, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, I thought um, is it Puskas, wasn't it, who hit the post there? But other than that, I thought um, he was he was decent, but with no end product. Uh, Alise I liked, and then the other one was Ijaria, who I, I guess you know the the way he plays and the way he looks, you can make comparisons to Alex Awobi. I, I thought he was a decent player as well. I was quite relieved to see him go off the pitch when he did. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a nice kind of like you know young dynamic attacking uh, strike force. Um, the part depends on the pressure, and as you say, not, uh, not a bad thing. But Reading will argue, and I just, I guess, the XG will will attest to that that they had the better chances and should have got something out of the game. Um, the the other point you made though was that I, I guess I could summarise as saying goals change games, and that's what we did at the start. We took two chances early on, and that changes the complexion of the game. We can afford to sit back a little bit, let the opposition come up at us, and try to pick them on the counter attack. Um, I think that's what we did. Um, I mean, like, I don't think we need to say much about the goals from Saar. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So, I, I do want to discuss Saar, though, um, because I remember last year, 
you know, we were a little bit frustrated with, with Sar towards the back end of the year. Um, and look, there were standout moments against Norwich, you know, the, the cross, for instance, for um, a Welbeck's overhead kick. But is, is he a better player 12 months on? Like, ha- has he benefited from playing in this league? I, I, I don't think you'd benefit from dropping down to the championship. I, I think if, if you were a, uh, an outsider watching a Watford game, there would be a lot of games this season where you'd watch Watford and say, I don't know what all the fuss is about. But if you're a Watford fan who watches, watches him consistently and you can see he's got undoubted ability, pace to burn, he, like the, the, the end product is getting better and better. The assessment I make it, and I think a lot of other people would make it, is this guy is suited to playing at a higher level and he would be better in a better team than Watford. That's, my, that, that's certainly my take on it. I think, I think the better the level he plays at, the better he's going to get. So there's obviously still work to be done. He's not the finished product, but as an out-and-out winger, he's he you know he he he's getting there. And the next step, I think, you know, I think playing against better players, I I don't think holds any um, any worry for him. I think if you look at most teams this year, have kind of doubled up on him or tried to restrict the space in which he can play in, um, and just tried to nullify him. So I think there have been games when he's been quiet. Um, if you look at his assist return uh, I think I think technically he's on about four assists because a couple have been a couple have been chalked off due to deflections and whatnot but um, equally I'll put that down to Watford playing with, with a lack of centre forward who can get on the end of all these crosses he's putting in all these chances he's creating um, so yeah outsiders looking in might uh, might look on a bit harshly but he's he's a superstar he's box office and I we're privileged to be able to watch him at the minute because he should be playing for a Let's let's be honest. You should be playing for a club that's far bigger and far better than Watford. So, um, be yeah, interesting to see what happens in the summer. Uh, not getting too presumptive, but I think it's safe to say we are we are on the verge of securing that second place spot and a return to the Premier League. Um, obviously, it'd be nice to keep him, given how good a player he is and and the damage he could do in the Premier League. As I say, particularly if teams stop doubling up on him and he gets left one on one with fullbacks, he, you know he's gonna. He's going to run right over the, some of the left backs in the Premier League, um, as he did last year. So, um, and let's not forget, last year he was only—he wasn't fit for most of the season. You know, we only we signed him late in August. Basically, missed the whole Kike reign. I think the game, a couple of games under Kike, he got came on in the wrong position, kind of thing, because we were playing five at the back at that point, weren't we? So, um, he had a bit of a stop-start season. Didn't really get going until towards the end. Um, it'd be great to have him around. But uh, yeah, at the same time, I guess we've got to be mindful of, uh, of value if a, if a repeat of relegation did happen. But let's let's yeah let's let's hope the plan is to keep him and, and kind of kind of build a team around him because he's a he's a superstar. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at his goals return and assist return, I think it was six goals, four assists in, in that Premier League season. Um, I, I personally think this year he'll, he'll finish north of fifteen goals. It was he on twelve now? Um, I, I think he'll he'll hit seventeen goals this year. And I think he's in a good position next year. I think he goes up a better player. I think his crossing's got more consistent. Um, it, it's certainly um, got a variety in, in style now. Um, it, previously, it was just kind of launched towards the penalty spot. Um, whereas now he, he's, he's kind of rolling it in along the, the line of the six-yard box. He's, he's been able to mix it up. He can get around the back, pull it back a lot more effectively. Um, he looks a, a more refined footballer. And the goals that he's scoring, uh, I mean, both goals against Nor- uh, against um, uh, what they called Reading, um, but were superb, absolutely superb finishes, and, and two completely different styles from from a similar sort of like angle. Um, 
So I think he goes up the better player. And the fact is, well, I say when we go up, um, I think I think it's a good chance that we are going up at this point. Only Watford could fuck it up, I'd say. Um, <laughs> but um, I think ultimately, look, there's a lot of money on the line. And if we don't retain him, um, then there needs to be a bloody good plan B. Um, and it's certainly high risk uh, selling him at the start of the season. Um, and it would take a, a blockbuster offer, I feel. Um, people try to take advantage of us going down and, and offering 30 million or 25 million, whatever it was. Um, it's going to take a blockbuster offer, I feel, to get him away from what at this point. I, I guess this is a good thing. Like goals like that make people sit up and take notice. So there's a, there's a few people who missed me over the weekend who I hadn't heard for a while who'd obviously seen the goals on the highlights or whatever. And I started asking about SAR. So things like that add to value, don't they? Make other people sit up and take notice. But yeah, the fact that someone didn't want to didn't want to pay the forty mil or whatever we wanted when um, when we were going down uh, and we're trying to take advantage of the situation. Maybe he costs ten million more now. We're going back up. Who knows? So uh, yeah, hopefully that's just a positive for the club. And you know, because um, I mean, we have to be careful, particularly say with the likes of Will Hughes's contract hasn't got long to, long to run either. You know, we don't want to be left in a position like we were with uh, Estepinion and Suarez last summer, where potentially two big assets to the club. Um, okay, we've we've made a we've made good profit on them, but you would have, I, I would have liked to see those players at Watford in the Premier League season. Um, and I guess the, I guess the next one on that on that line is Kucha Hernandez, who's I, I guess will be coming back to Watford in the summer to play in the Premier League. Because um, again, otherwise, I think we start to start to find ourselves in a position where we're potentially wasting a decent asset there. Um, the question is are these players actually good enough though because um, we've seen so many now that's come through and it's, it's are they, first of all are they good enough and second of all have they got any intention of playing for Watford mm-hmm. um, Esther Paninen uh, Luis Suarez um, both got out of the club the first single opportunity albeit that we benefited from it um, Peñaranda success um, you know we've discussed them multiple times across the years and I think from, from the likes of Cucho, let's, let's just be honest, <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see him. Um, you know, he seems to be um, uh, playing frequently within um, La Liga, albeit not producing he's a highlight real performance. Yeah, yeah. I, know he's, I know he's injured now, um, but he, he's played bulk of the bulk of the season on the left wing, uh, I believe. But he doesn't seem to be that since he, he left, was it Huesca, uh, his first club where he, he performed really well? Ever since then, he's gone to Mallorca. Um, he's gone to um, Getafe now, and he, he always seems to be out on the wing, not trusted down through the middle. So um, I'd be surprised if we actually ever see Cucho, if I'm honest. And um, yeah, the question is, is, is he good enough to play Premier League football? Um, because he's not ripping up La Liga, is he? Mm-hmm. Albeit he's, he's still quite young. Keen is ripping up, isn't he? He's been kicking in a few games. He's doing really well by all accounts. But uh, yeah, crazy. Crazy scenes. Um, you mentioned success there from all those other players. Which, yeah, kind yeah. of. Me that, like towards the end of the game, we had success and Gray on. I mean, you couldn't ask for a worse ball retention front two, could you? Uh, than those two. Um, granted, the change had to be made given that you know Pedro was uh, uh, getting very close to a red card at that point. Um, well, yeah, it did slightly worry me that you know Reading were kind of sieging our goal, and uh, you know we, we we were creating good some good counter attacks at that point. But yeah, just the final pass and the ball retention there is just just horrendous, isn't it? So I I find it hard to criticise Gray as well because there's so much effort there. He, there's no question about it. If he he can score a goal, but he just needs ten chances to do it. Um, so I, I feel I feel bad for criticising Gray, but when you're looking at the up top, um, 
last 15 minutes and you've got success and great. It's um, it's just mind blowing to think that they cost 30 million between them. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, it's, it's questionable, isn't it? You, you, I'm at that point with success. And again, I feel it's harsh to criticise him because he's, he's been out injured a long time. But you start to think, well, what, what is he actually offering up, uh, offering up? Is, is, if he's not fit, why play him? Someone like Hungbo, for instance, you can get some, some decent minutes into his legs, some decent experience at this level at this time. It's not going to cost us anything in terms of um, points or goals lost because success isn't banging him in, is he? So um, I think why not just blood one of the youngsters? Because again, if we were to go up, I think it's extremely unlikely that the likes of um, uh, Hungbo, uh, Delhi Bashiru, if he was fit now, would get minutes in the Premier League. So why not try and give them as much exposure in the dying moments of these games as, as possible? Um, particularly when you're 2-0 up, 10 minutes to go. And, um, you know, it's uh, we're on a good run as well. Um, bringing them into a team that's winning is a lot easier than what we used to see, bringing in the likes of Lee Hudson at right back when we've lost seven games on, on the spin and we're, we're turning to an 18-year-old um, under 18 to, to get us out of the hole. But we're not in that situation whatsoever. So, so why not kind of blood one or two of them um, at the right time. Over um, miles from the past, Lee Hodgson. Uh, all, all went wrong after the sleeve tattoo, from what I remember. Um, let's talk about two, uh, the goals aside, two moments I thought changed the game. The first was when Zinkanagel lunged at Elise uh, and Elise luckily got away from him because if uh, if Elise went down there, that was a that was a second yellow all day. Um, that was the move that subsequently uh, uh, the uh, Reading striker, whose name escapes me now, um, hit the post. Um, Puskas. Puskas. Yeah, so a game, a, a big game-changing moment. The second one came at half time with the introduction of Carlos Sanchez. So um, we, I'm sure, like many other fans, could kind of see that Hughes was kind of being overrun in the midfield there. Similar to uh, Middlesbrough, I guess Middlesbrough kind of did a bit of a hatchet job on Hughes, which meant we kind of couldn't get the ball moving through our midfield. Um, Reading were just overrunning him as well. So you know, we we, we discussed at half time that you know let's push Hughes forward. Uh, my suggestion was to have Chalabar sit sit deeper just basically as a, as a proper holding midfielder, a proper destroyer, rather than the way we've been playing recently. Um, that didn't come to fruition because Chalabar went off injured, but Carlos Sanchez was introduced. Uh, and I think uh, you'll uh, agree with me, and I, th- I think everyone would, because this is nothing nothing new really, to say that that's the most impressive we've seen of him so far. So, um, yeah, came in, sat at the back of the midfield, just broke things up. Just kept things ticking over with it, you know, keeping the passing simple, but really just changed the shape of our midfield, and we and we looked so much better against the Reading onslaught uh, as a result. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, you know, when we think of um, Carlos Sanchez, um, this is a, a, again a player that, that's kind of been out in the in the cold for quite a while. Um, I think he, he didn't retire, did he? But but he took a, a bit of a break away from from football. Um, and he doesn't look like he's been out of the game for, for months on end. Um, the thing that, that I like about most about um, Carlos Sanchez is that he just brings the game to his speed. He, he plays the game on his terms. And he was someone that was potentially heavily criticised by the likes of West Ham, Aston Villa fans, because he came with a big price tag. I think from our side, we've got a, maybe a lower expectation because he came on a free uh, halfway through the season and he's 35 not expected to play much football. But for me, every time he does play, um, he plays quite a, a critical role in, in taking control of that midfield. And if we're honest now, it's three games on the spin 
where we're, we're starting ever since the international break uh, coming back from it, that we started to, to lose a little bit of possession in the midfield or, or lose a bit of ground. Um, so he's been, he's been quite critical for us, I'd say. Whether or not he's someone I would consider starting um, is probably a different question because I'd, I'd probably want to start with a more ambitious kind of mindset. And I think with, with Sanchez, he comes on to do a very specific job. And I think even regardless, again, I know I'm looking forward, but those kind of players playing in the Premier League are always valuable because sometimes you just need to take someone out of the game, um, whether it's man marking, um, whether it's just um, positioning, just, just trying to disrupt the flow of them moving through the thirds. Um, those players are always quite critical. Those who can follow instructions, act on their own initiative experience um, and just do the work for the team. So um, I think, I think look, it's been a great signing overall, hasn't it? It um, hasn't cost us anything. And um, you, can, you could argue for this run-in, he's going to be more critical than, than, than most players because um, I certainly think that as the, as the season comes to a draw, you're going to see a higher energy levels from the opposition that we play as they, they push to kind of reach the playoffs or uh, um, save, uh, save themselves from, from relegation. Um, mm. And I, I certainly think he's he's got a well, he's got a contract to earn, hasn't he? Yeah, it'd be interesting. But will he, I, I'm assuming he'd want one, given he'd be 36 next year in the Premier League. Uh, but also, just the kind of player, just the kind of as you say, plays the game at his pace, does things his way. Uh, got that. Uh, obviously, been part of a a Colombian team which divides opinion on their their game tactics. But just the kind of player, perhaps you need against a team like oh Luton. Who we're playing next, so be be interesting to see if, we, if maybe he gets a first start for the Hornets there. Um, what happens? Um, do, you know what do you know what he's called? His nickname. Go on. La Roca. La Roca. Uh, do you know what that means? You must. You, you speak Spanish, don't you? Roca. No, I don't know. The Rock. The Rock. Simple as that. Yeah. Does it? So, it doesn't like the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania weekend. I'd, I'd love him to to come out and do a bit of um, people's elbow or people's eyebrow. So um, yeah, we'll wait and see. There we go. Um, we saw Cathcart as well for the first time for a while. Um, Truce to Kong's been dividing opinions lately, isn't he? He's, he he tends to have his uh, a little phase in every game where he worries us. Um, so I think I think the the partnership with Sierra Alta generally is strong, but I think it's just the occasional lapses from a Kong uh, that 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 give us a, a worry. Um, albeit I think I think he's in the team basically for his leadership qualities, isn't he? He's kind of there the captain without wearing the armband kind of on and off the pitch, which I think is why what's helped cement his place uh, in, in that back line and why the likes of Cathcart and Wilmot especially haven't seen much football uh, the, the last couple of months. But yeah, Cathcart came in, looked like a Kong picked up a knock. You, you, you might argue that's not a bad thing because um, in particular, there was one crossfield pass in the first half that contributed straight to a wedding chance that was all of Kong's making. So um yeah, not sure how serious that injury is, whether we're back for the weekend, but you might argue it's not the end of the world. Um, see, I, th- I think differently, if I'm honest. I think in a, in a team that's playing at the top of the championship, um, where we're expected to have a bit more possession, I don't think it's necessarily his skill set. But um, I think if you kind of put him in the Premier League in a team that's expected to be in the bottom half, um, I think he becomes quite a valuable player. Um, valuable asset for the team I think I think as with most defenders who aren't gifted with pace um, you, you've got to make up for it um, in, in your footballing brain and I think he's quite an intelligent defender 
I certainly think that, that what he does off the ball um, is, is quite critical for the team. Um, like you say, let's, let's not forget um, Sierra Elta still doesn't speak English. And the fact that they're grinding out, well, half the games that we've played in almost have got clean sheets. You, you've got to be doing something right. Um, I, think, I think the biggest pattern for me has probably been you know, where he has been a little bit more error prone in his defending. Um, there always seems to be some confusion between him and Backman. Um, so I don't know if there's a communication issue there. I don't know if um, whilst Backman's um, clearly very vocal on, on the pitch uh, based on some of the high footage, um, whether or not he's as effective in organising his backline or contributing towards the organisation of backline is, is up to the same standard as, as Foster. I would highly doubt, um, especially as, as Foster's now about 52, isn't he? So um, he, he's got a lot of experience. But I certainly think we're a better footballing team with Truce de Kong in, in the team, um, albeit that his passing sometimes is slightly questionable um, from, from the back line. Um, but I also think you've got to have the options in front of you. Um, let's not forget over the last few weeks, we, we've, we've said that the midfield have been overrun quite significantly. Um, and if you're told to play it out from the back and you haven't got too many defense, uh, too many options to play it into your midfield, um, the chances are you're always going to either have to go against your manager's orders and go long, which to Jao Pedro isn't always the greatest option, or take a risk and go into to the feet of, of, of Hughes, who will get pressed quickly from the likes of a team like Reading. Um, Cathcart, look, I think it's fair to say he's exceeded my expectations. Um, he's had a bit of a bit of a journey with Watford. Um, and I think um, he's really developed into a consistent defender. But um, again, I think this year his form has tailed off quite significantly when he's played. It's been good, a good, good game, bad game. And I, I personally can't understand, again, why the likes of Ben Walmart isn't getting football. Um, I think Kafka's been a fantastic servant for the club. He's now 32, be 33 next February. Um, surely it's time to start playing an England under-21 um, who's been very consistent this year. I think Wilmot was even on the bench against uh, Reading, was he? Hasn't been for a few weeks now, I don't think. Yeah, I, as I say, I, I think I've referenced him one of the pods in the year. I think he'd be more than adequate backup at left-back as well when Messina's injured. Uh, we've signed Lazar, but I didn't personally didn't see a need for that. I, th I think um, what Wilmot showed earlier in the season as left-sided centre-back would make him versatile enough to play there when needed. And I watched the England under-21 game that he played recently. He played well there too. So it'd be nice to see him get some football uh, and hopefully he's retained next year uh, if we are in the Premier League, uh, which would be nice. Um, onwards to Luton uh, on Saturday, 12.30 kickoff. It's been brought forward uh, due to the, uh, the funeral of Prince Philip. Um, Kenilworth Road on TV. It's a long time since I've looked at that shithole. So uh, we'll get to enjoy the wonderful view of those boxes opposite the uh, uh, the cameras, if assuming they're in the same place, uh, on Saturday. Uh, Luton played all right early in the season when we played them. I, I think we had a comfortable 1-0 win from memory with the with the Pedro goal. Uh, but they, I mean, they, they, they played all right. Can't tell you much, much more about them other than that, because I haven't followed them at all this year, given they're a bit of a complete irrelevance these days. So uh, it should be a tasty game, no doubt. But we've we've seen recently that there's a there's a few Hornets who aren't scared to put their foot in and put themselves about. So uh, yeah, makes will make for some interesting lunchtime viewing. Um, any thoughts on the game? Yes, yeah, it's, it's like one of those. It's like 
you get invited to go to a wedding to one of your wife's friends and you think, for fuck's sake, do, do I really have to go? Um, and I think it's the same thing with playing Luton. It's like, you know, how are we kind of in this position when we've got to go to Luton? Um, I think if you look at Luton, you know, they were, I think they overhyped the game the first time round. I, I think that they, uh, they maybe overthought it um, and ultimately were quite disappointed with the amount of passion and effort that, that was potentially shown from, from their team. Um, so I think we'll see a different Luton side this time. Um, I think one that's um, a little bit more hungry in the press, um, more likely to put their, their foot in, uh, maybe an early challenge to, to kind of get the, the rest of the team sort of like riled up. And um, certainly it's probably a benefit that we are playing them without a crowd because um, as we can experience from um, previous visits, it's not the nicest place to go, is it? Um, I think um, I think it's a comprehensive win for us, to be honest. I think we're going to see some similarities. I think we're going to see uh, a Watford go on the first 15 minutes. Um, and I think we'll probably win 2-3-0 quite comfortably. But I do see kind of periods of, of them putting us under uh, a lot of pressure. If you look at uh, Luton as a team, quite physical, and they like crosses into the box. Um, so um, I think potentially Truce being out for this game um, isn't a bad thing. Um, providing we bring the right person in, um, in, in which case I would say Wilmot. But it'll be interesting to kind of see how Backman kind of works in, in this kind of environment, playing in a derby, um, constantly sort of like having to defend the uh, high crosses, uh, corners, set pieces. And I think the biggest thing from my side is, is let's not just give away stupid set pieces for the sake of it. Um, we've seen that quite frequently in away games. It's cost us at Middlesbrough. Um, and there's nothing worse than defending a corner or a free kick in football. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's be honest. If we can get Saar um, put the fire in on all cylinders again, um, if we can get somehow get Pedro a little bit more into the game without him drifting off to the left or, or trying to come deep, if we can have him as a credible goal threat, um, and Semmer's got a bit more more gas in the tank, that they're, they're just not going to be able to cope, are they? But let's be honest. Um, I, I still want to see Semmer. Uh, I still want to see him. Um, Pedro playing a little bit deeper because although Zinconagel's clocking up the assists, it's always like a little three-yard pass unchallenged. Um, and I know an assist is an assist and that, that's all that counts. But I don't see a lot of creativity coming from our midfield at this point. And I, I still want to see Pedro in that position. I, I think he looks superb there. He makes things happen. He takes things forward. And he can really get the front, the front two wingers involved if he's playing there. Um, but I do wish we had a certain mystery for this game. I think his experience is needed. We'll see what happens. Um, five games to go. Six games, six games to go for Brentford and Swansea. Uh, I'm of the opinion that I think one win will do us. I can't see Brentford or Swansea getting enough points. However, I did say something similar after Dini scored two penalties against Newcastle last season. Uh, and then we were overhauled and then subsequently relegated. So... Do not take my word for it, uh, but three points against Luton certainly would be nice uh, just, just to beat them. And secondly, to, to all but get that second foot in the door uh, as we uh, head towards a return to the Premier League. We'll report back after the Norwich game, because I think Norwich is on the Tuesday, isn't it? 6pm kickoff, so expect to hear from us after then. Uh, unlikely before. Um, so hopefully six points by then. Hopefully. Uh, Norwich game promises to be a cracker as well. Uh, Norwich recently, 
I think they beat Huddersfield 7-0, didn't they? Maybe last week, midweek. Uh, you think when you think Huddersfield were in the Premier League two seasons ago, it's crazy that they're now getting beaten 7-0 in the championship. So it just shows something has gone drastically wrong. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. We, we, we obviously know a lot about Norwich, so saw a lot of them last year, likewise this year, got some got some good players. And the likes of Wendy, Campwell, Pukki, uh, added to that with Oliver Skip, who I think is a decent holding midfielder, looked good for England under-21s recently as well. Um, Backline performed similarly well to how ours has been performing this year, so I think, I think that's set up for a cracking game on Tuesday night. We probably left it a little bit late to catch them. Uh, although I say late, their form has been as good as ours, so yeah, I, I, I think we're... Um, uh, similarly, how I'm kind of writing off anyone catching us, I think I think Norwich fans can happily do the same because there's more than enough ability there to to prevent a late season collapse and uh, and, and us having any any hopes of catching them. So, uh, but I think that's I think that's lined up to be a cracking game as well. So, really looking forward to that one too. So, uh, lots to talk about next Wednesday, uh, if not before. Enjoy the games, and we'll speak to you then.